I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill Fantasy Football Podcast. Now a video cast as well. You can hear the podcast wherever you get the podcast. Also, you can see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way. Right there at the bottom of your screen, just KramerandBrill.com. Now, during the offseason each week, we're taking a look at each NFL team. And this week, we're going to explore the Los Angeles Rams. And this week, our guest is Randy Cardoon, who's covered the Los Angeles sports market for about 35 years uh, and also does a Talking About Cars podcast, which you can find wherever you get your podcasts as well. Randy, welcome to Kramer and Brill. Hey, great to be here, you guys. All right. Well, you know, there's been some real surprises this year in Los Angeles with the rise of the Chargers and their new quarterback, so much so the Rams went out and got a new quarterback of their own. Uh, both teams will get their first shot at playing in SoFi Stadium in front of actual fans and not cardboard cutouts. Well, so all the buzz is still there, but so are the question marks. Before we get to all of that, uh, Randy, why don't you just give us a brief recap of how this Rams past season went? Well, the past season ended on a decent note. I mean, they came back and uh, they had a strong ending. They ended up finishing with a 10 and six record. That was second place in the NFL, NFC West. And certainly it was a team that at one point was thought if they could win the division and they had a shot over Seattle, who was starting to fade at the end, they could actually take the number three seed and come away with a win in the uh, division. But of course, they ended up finishing sixth as uh, they finished second in the NFC West, ended up winning their opening game at Seattle in the playoffs. So that was impressive. However, they lost 32-18 to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. The interesting thing that was going on there uh, certainly was the loss of confidence that uh, head coach Sean McVay had in his quarterback, Jared Goff. That started to fade in the middle of the season. Also, at the end of the season, all the coaching changes that were made and also all the player changes that have been made. Goff is no longer there. And, of course, Matthew Stafford is. And, uh, by the way, both those teams will be uh, quarterbacks will be matched up against their former teams i believe it is in week uh, seven of the season when the lions come to uh the sofi stadium so uh the rams did okay last year they rebounded from a so-so season the year before and this season is going to be a big test with all the changes you know randy you mentioned i guess you were saying kind of in the middle of the year there's this kind of uh at least on the perception was that there's this rift between mcveigh and golf um, and now that Stafford has come in, um, going back to the to what separated the two between Golf and um, McVeigh, is there any clarity so far, or has there been any recently as to what was behind all that? Well, it, McVeigh has not come out and specifically said it. But he did say some things that alerted you to the fact that things have changed a little bit. I think the fact Jared Goff started struggling. I think the offensive line wasn't really guarding for him like they have in the past. Also, his wide receivers weren't as good as they used to be. Brandon Cooks, he was traded away uh, before the start of the season to Houston. And and Cooks at one point was a guy that uh, Jared Goff could air it out to. If he had guys to air out the passes to, the long passes, uh, uh, he also f- seemed to be a little more prolific on getting the short passes going. This last season, he didn't seem to have that. His receivers weren't hanging on. Uh, Cooper Cup got injured again. And that kind of thing really kind of hurt his game. And, of course, he's never been much of a scamperer anyway. So I think that was part of it, the fact that he wasn't able to connect and that 
he would fumble too much. That fumbleitis started coming back that we saw his first year in the league, as you remember, Eric. So when things like that happened, even McVay, who has been Mr. Positive, kind of started to sour a little bit, I think, on uh, being able to rely on his quarterback. You start fumbling the ball in that league, and I don't care who the coach is. That's an unpopular that's an unpopular thing to do as a player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, talk about the receivers. They lose Josh Reynolds, and we'll get to the host of guys that they lost in free agency, and they, they hadn't let a lot of guys go because they were up against the cap space. But they don't get a pick until the second round, and so they're looking to pick up a receiver. They pick up uh, their first pick as a receiver, but he's a wide receiver, 2-2 Atwell, uh, who's a 5'9", 165-pound slot receiver in the second mm-hmm. round. It just doesn't kind of kind of gel for me, and I'm, I'm kind of wondering – where that went and why? Well, I think a lot of it was because he's so fast. I think the Rams were really impressed with some of his numbers. The fact that, yeah, he's 5'9", 155. But apparently the statistics say he has one touchdown for every seven passes he caught. So that's going to get somebody's attention. And and if you're fast enough and can take care of the uh, defensive guys well enough and get past them for decent yards, I'd imagine uh, the Rams really got that's where their eyeballs went. And I think that's one of the reasons they picked a guy who doesn't look like a guy you would take first round, or should I say as their first pick second round? Um, you know, you, you, it also looks on paper offensively, right? Like the Rams have had and still do have plenty of weapons out there. Um, but then you mentioned also how in the first part, not only the players, they lose a lot there, but they lost some coaches, one of which, Brandon Staley goes down the 405 freeway to the Chargers. Mm-hmm. And now you've got a defense to me that for years now has been at least looking like on paper, they should be one of the elite ones, if not the one. And yet, why is it, Randy, that they haven't been able to get over that hump into that, that defense that nobody wants to play ever? Yeah, thinking of like what the old Pittsburgh Steelers used to be back in the day and, and you know, a complete stopper. And how can you not have a complete stopper defense? Yeah, Mr. Steeler here. Uh, <laughs> how can you have a complete stopper, not have a complete stopper defense when you have guys like Aaron Donald? Uh, Brockers is left, so that's certainly going to hurt them. But some of the other guys that they've got, I've got Jalen Ramsey. Uh, they ended up keeping Micah Kaiser. They've got some new names. They have Ashawn Robinson, who's healthy apparently now, Leonard Floyd is uh, back. They ended up re-signing him. So, but they have a lot of new guys coming in, Eric, and you're absolutely right. That's, that's going to be a big test for the new Rams defensive coordinator is if it'll all gel a little bit and why it didn't gel in the last few years. That that is a big question. You know, one of the things that uh, some of the key players they lost, I mean, you mentioned Brockers, uh, John Johnson, the safety left, uh, linebacker Derek Rivers left. Uh, they uh, traded Brockers, of course. Then you had uh, Morgan Fox left. You had Troy Hill, the cornerback, left. Uh, I mean, th- this team just lost a lot of key defensive players. And I'm wondering if, in fact, what they picked up versus what they lost is I, – I think they, ha- they have a negative going on here. Do you? It appears that way. I mean, they ended up taking the kid out of South Carolina, linebacker uh, Ernest Jones. Uh, apparently, he has a pretty good 
tackling grade as they call it i won't get into what all the stats mean and all but he had a tackling grade of 83 which supposedly put him near the top of the group uh guys like uh defensive tackle nose tackle bobby brown the third out of texas a&m he had five and a half sacks last year he has really big quickness and the rams certainly notice that when you try to put guys like that together uh their cornerback uh robert rochelle of central arkansas he's a former wide receiver that apparently was really good at uh, interceptions. He had 10 of them last year and 25 career breakups. So this is a guy who the Rams are hoping will be able to fit in as well as some of the newbies who come in because it got to a point where it appears that a lot of the veterans just weren't affordable anymore. And it's like, how much money can you invest in uh, some very big veteran guys when you're paying the likes of an Aaron Donald as much money as you are? And believe me, he, if any guy deserves it, Aaron Donald deserves it. But, you know, they end up getting it from the other end, the team does, and they end up trying to pare down to be able to afford it. So, um, you know, Eric, you, I'm sure, have been in that situation where you end up seeing a lot of really good veterans having to leave a team because of money. Yeah, it's an unfortunate thing, and it just happened to the Bears this year with uh, Corey Fuller going to the Broncos. And um, but uh, yeah, and I and I, you know, like you mentioned, the Rams. I mean, they're one of the. If, I think they are right, the youngest team in the NFL heading into this year. Pretty close, and, and I know the elite, the, the um, receivers certainly are. Yeah, right. Uh, but I think as a team, they are. And you know, one of the guys that jumps out to me for them is Cam Akers, and kind of like these last couple of years where Bob and I have been, you know, just being a fantasy football show thinking that David Montgomery is going to be the guy the first year he kind of struggled, but then yet last year exploded and the way he finishes runs and the attitude, it doesn't matter what's going on around him with the team. He's going to play to his level of what he wants to play at. Cam Akers seems to me to be that type of guy too. What is it that you think he needs to do maybe to make him uh, I guess, take his notch of game up a bit to be a more complete back. Well, one of the things the Rams did is they quit making it a three-man rotation in the backfield. They ended up getting rid of one of their guys. They still have Daryl Henderson. So, But Henderson is not really expected to be the guy. Cam Akers proved during the last season he's able to run the football. He's able to be effective. He has to stay healthy. And one of the key things, things that has to happen that I mentioned earlier is the Rams offensive line has to perform. They had all sorts of trouble with injuries last year and they were able still to get some decent offense out of there, but they need their running game. I mean, when they uh, ended up making the move uh, in their backfield and uh, let Gurley go to Atlanta, actually kind of told them there's the door uh, before the season started, they they ended up missing that kind of dominant running back. They're used to that dominant running back, and they're hoping Cam Akers can do it. I really believe, though, that he can perform again if he feels healthier and the fact that the Rams hopefully have beefed up their offensive line. And then they go out and sign Deshaun Jackson, which I'm kind of curious as to where that came from. Was that just a cheap pickup? I personally think it's because they want to spread out the offense. I think, you know, Deshaun Jackson, 
you, we all know the guy can sprint. He can uh, make the big play. And although Goff is not there anymore, you know, certainly Stafford can certainly do that. So they're giving him an opportunity. And the Rams are well known for the long ball. They love to throw the long pass. They love to score. How many of us remember Kansas City and the Rams on that Monday night football game when it was supposed to be in Mexico, but it came back here. So they love that. That's kind of a Hollywood thing that they love to show action and love to score touchdowns. And I think Jackson gives them another opportunity. And again, if he can remain healthy, he is a guy who would really open up the offense. You know, you, you look at the NFC West and the Rams having finished second and for a good part of the season, at least to me, it looked like they were going to win this thing. Um, so, and but obviously that was probably the toughest division in the NFL last year and likely will probably again. Um, you look at what Seattle and Arizona and San Francisco, some of the things that they've done themselves in, in the offseason. Um, nobody to me really looks like they jumped up out of what they were before. Um, but the Rams, to me, look like they have with the addition of Stafford. Um, as you mentioned, Deshaun Jackson even though he's no longer maybe what he was as an every down player, he still provides a certain home run threat. And then you've got the rise of people like Cam Akers and others defensively. Um, how do you think the Rams stack up just so far during this offseason, free agency, the draft, in terms of how they compare to the rest of the NFC West? Well, it's an interesting question because they certainly are the team that seems to have made the most moves, although San Francisco really wants to change things around. They made some key moves as well. Uh, and Arizona just kind of relocked and loaded in a way. They pick up, uh, you know, Watt from Houston. They pick up a lot of key guys from other teams to beef up their uh, opportunities and, and their rosters. And, and here's Seattle who I don't want to say they stood pat. They got some guys, but certainly not anybody that just kind of knocks me out. So now you've got the number one team still good. The Rams have reloaded, but again, there's a question of, are they going to be able to overcome some of the veterans they lost? Arizona has really stacked up some of their roster and the 49ers have made some big moves. So I agree with you. This is going to be the toughest division in the NFL, I think this year, just because of the sheer talent that's going on on both teams, all four yeah. teams. You know, I, I liken it to the Steelers because the same thing happened there where every, uh, the number one team made a lot of changes. They were forced to because of cap, lost some key players, but everybody else in the division got better, you know, because Cincinnati, Baltimore, and Cleveland all got better. And you have the same situation here where uh, I think Seattle, Arizona, and San Francisco, especially, all got better. And now you're facing that with, and I think the Rams have probably one of the tougher schedules out there. They have no easy games, maybe the weakest being the Giants and the Broncos. They open the season with the Bears. I was just saying they, I believe they also have a game in Houston too on yeah. Halloween. And that's going to be scary pun intended. <laughs> but, but again, you know, there, there's so many interesting games on that schedule. I mean, you're going to, you're going to um, be uh, in Indianapolis for week two. You've got the opener uh, against the bears on Sunday night football. You've got Tom Brady coming to town and that's only over the first three weeks now. I mean, this is, you're right. There's a lot of teams. There's no 
place to hide in the NFC West. Uh, you're right about the Giants. They've got the Giants, Detroit, and Houston in week six, seven, and eight. The Titans will come to town. Uh, you've got the Minnesota Vikings on the road. And of course, the game that the NFL added will be could they have gotten it against a team that wasn't so great? No, no. They get it against the Baltimore Ravens on the road. I mean, thank you very much, NFL, for that. So the Rams have a, it's going to be a very difficult difficult way to go for them but it could be worse they could have finished you know they could have finished in a position where you're going to play tougher teams so we'll see we'll see how that goes you know to to go back a second randy to matthew stafford and i've been a huge fan of his as i'm sure a lot of people have over the years and i think he's just been the unfortunate been in the unfortunate position of being on a team that's not been very good around him whether it's been coaches players or all of the above and here he comes now to probably the best situation I can imagine going to. You've got probably the best play caller, if one of, if not the best, in Sean McVay. You've got skill position people all around him. Obviously, you know, they had some mix-ups in the offensive line last year. But in, in my opinion, Stafford's one of those elite quarterbacks that he's got it all. There's nothing he doesn't have to me. As you look at it, what do you think separates him from, whether it be Jared Goff or any other quarterbacks, what puts him, in your opinion, up into that upper echelon, if you even think he's up there? I think he has potential to be there. He has all the tools. Uh, I agree with you that his situation in Detroit wasn't great. He had some key uh, pieces, but they were always injured. Kenny Galladay from last year, for example. It just, I mean, he had Calvin Johnson there for years, but uh, again, Calvin retired years ago. Uh, he has the talent to be there, and, and if he's in the right position and in the right system, and, and Eric, you can speak about systems better than any of us, is if a quarterback is in the right system for them, then they will succeed. I, I can't see him coming to the Rams and then them trying to put in the same system they did for Jared Goff. They have to, Sean McVay, as he knows, I'm sure, has to tailor the system, an offense, to suit um, Stafford's skills. And if he does that and he has weapons, we all know that. You know, we've talked a lot about the new guys coming in, but he still has some key guys like uh, we had talked about earlier. So, with that, if he has the right system around him, I think that he really has a chance to shine this year, even though he's been in the league many years. Yeah, I, I kind of my, personally, I look at him like uh, Aaron Rodgers in a way, and he's athletic enough. He's an I mean, he's incredibly accurate um, and he's tough and he's got leadership skills like, you know, very few have. Um, that's why I think, again, I think paired up in the situation that he's in now. Um, even though it's late in his career, I still think he's got plenty of game left for several years. I agree with that. Definitely. Final question for you, Randy. You know, this has always been a Rams town. Justin Herbert is making that inroad to make this a Chargers town as well. And people in San Diego, of course, don't want the Chargers back. Uh, but is there a rise enough uh, happening out there from what you're seeing uh, media-wise as well as fan-wise that says you know the the chargers are starting to get more of a hold the rams are falling down a little bit the best thing the chargers can do is win they've got a quarterback that can do that los angeles is a funky town when it comes to 
favorites. Uh, the Rams left town. A lot of people said, I will follow the Rams even if they play in Poughkeepsie. And some did. Uh, then they came back. Uh, the Chargers, they're not the same type of scenario in Los Angeles. In fact, a lot of their fans in San Diego kind of said, well, you're leaving. Now, goodbye. Don't let it hit you on the butt on the way out. Chargers, best way for them to get respect in this town is to win. Now, the Clippers and Lakers scenario is somewhat similar, uh, except for the many championships, the Lakers have won that the Rams haven't. But this is a team that has always been looked down on, the Clippers, and they are if they win, if they win a championship and the Lakers don't, that's going to be one baby step towards eventually getting close to them in popularity. Chargers aren't going to catch the Rams in popularity until they win big early, often, and uh, start ho- stockpiling the Super Bowls. They have a good quarterback, a guy who I think has the tools to do it. Uh, but it's interesting that he lost some of his offensive weapons in the offseason. So the Chargers are trying to bring in some other guys. Uh, there's a good chance that years from now, we may be looking at the Chargers a little more entrenched in Los Angeles. But again, they're going to have to win. And there you have it. Kramer and Brill, a fantasy football podcast, now a videocast as well. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Libsum, Odyssey, Odyssey, excuse me, and wherever you get your podcasts. And now you can also see the videocast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. You can see it right there at the bottom of your screen. That's the easiest way. For our guest, Randy Cardoon, and talking about cars, check out his podcast at wherever you get your podcasts. And my friend and colleague, Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill, and we'll see you next time.